This is the Art Empire Podcast. I'm your host, Tion Buku One. We go deep diving into some of the most amazing, inspirational people in my life that I've known who have turned their art into a career. Sharing the tips, the trades, the gems, the lugs, all that good stuff for you and yours. Enjoy. Inspired from from you. I, <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need a good uh, podcast background like you did. <laughs> right, right. I know. I got to see my my son laced me up with this one right here. This is, our, this is in our in our ping pong room. Wait, your son did that? Yes. That's dope. Yeah. So you know, we just we just turn the house into whatever it is, so that way folks can do it. But yeah, you chilling out today? You've been painting. So yeah, I'm doing a little mural in my soon to be kids room. So I've been taking my time with that. Better so, hurry up, man. You got to let them fumes dissipate for the kid coming in the world with some paint fumes. Yeah. Yeah, we got it's The time is ticking right now. So going down the rabbit hole of uh, remodeling and then the mural. Oh, and yeah. then comes, and then I'm doing that, that crown molding with the little lighting inside. So like, feels like you're outdoors, you know. Wow. <laughs> Getting fancy. Well, yeah, when you take on a project, boy, you really, really take on a project for real. When are you? When is your girl due? Uh, we have ten weeks left, so that's September. How many weeks? First? September twelfth. Oh, cool. She's gonna yeah. be a little Virgo baby like me. Yeah. How many weeks is it? Like some sometime in 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 September ish. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Tell the world who you are, who you represent, and what art is your business surrounded by? What art what is, is my business? Um, yeah. Okay. My name's Tim, um, a.k.a. Corrupt One. That was my graffiti name I don't really use anymore, but it's still my handle. Um, with with a group called Illuminaries, there's four of us. Um, so 
shout out to Flavor Innovator, Ramali and Imagine. So, and we've been, we've been, we grew up in the graffiti culture, just like you did, and got influenced by graffiti, what was out there. And it just, the graffiti culture to me, it just excited me to like what was possible to like graffiti represented like be a self-starter like going out and just making things happen and that's what carried us through and so we just do our our business it's it's become a business i guess i would say but it really centers around murals murals um we do a lot of other things as well but murals is the thing okay what are what are some of the other things you do what are some of your peripheral hustles um so we so yeah, we do like design, graphics, software. We build apps. Um, we we do. I like. I'm like a connector. So I like building relationships with people, connecting them with other people, and like problem solving. So, but for the most part, anything visual, that's our thing. Right. Branding. Okay. Yeah. So when did you? When did you? Uh start taking your art to the, the possibility of it being a business? Um, so we started, you know, when graffiti, we kind of fell out of graffiti for a little while and then revisited it again 10 years ago. And then the first time we got paid for something was like maybe nine years ago. And that kind of like blew my mind. I was like, wait, why are people, why would you pay for this? Um, so it just, I don't, I don't know. There was no like real huge transitory. Like it wasn't like a huge step for me. We just kept building. We just kept doing things, you know, commissions and it just slowly just built into what we have. Right. Was there ever a point when you're like, man, we should probably take this serious and kind of tighten up our business because it seems to be something that's viable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple, there was a couple of key moments where, where things really, you know, the key moments were, you know, getting, getting Steph Curry's attention. Um, and he, he has brought us a bunch of repeat work, um, getting the Warriors attention. And then also a, a pretty decent contract with the city of Union City. We we did a, a whole bunch of wor art workshops and murals for their um, community center. So around there, we 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 were like, you know, four or five years ago, we were like, man, this is this is could be something. This could be something recurring. We could live off of, and so we started taking it a little bit more seriously, very cautiously though. Right. Um, yeah. So when you say take it more seriously, what do you mean? Like, what are some of the things you, what are the things you did? Um, so like starting to like, to really study, study our, uh, like our marketing a little bit, like not marketing, but more of the word of mouth, like how we've made connections now, how can we, how can we provide more value for these people so that they're going to like refer us or ask us, call us again, um, studying the sales process a little bit, like right. how to interact with clients so that we've had a lot of bad experiences. So it's like 
learning how to maintain relationships and get things done in the middle of like conflicting things. Cause when you're working with people that are paying you, now they get to tell you what to do. So it gets real right, tricky right. there. So <laughs> studying that process a lot has been, has helped a lot. Right. So we'll get back into that, but you brought up Steph Curry. And so, you know, I was around when all this started to happen, but we hadn't connected back up yet. See, we knew each other back in the 90s. Um, and then we connected, I think, after, you know, the Luminaries became this name because I knew of the name. I didn't know it was you guys. It was funny when we connected. I was like, oh, like that's, that's, my, that's my family. So talk, like, talk about that process of getting Steph Curry's attention. Like, what was it that you guys did that? Um, so, like, the the whole graf- the whole graffiti mentality is and you know this is is it's like make it happen you you want to you want to see something on that building then go do it we're not going to ask for permission and and like that's that's what draws me to this game is like we don't we don't wait for anybody and we just go do things and so um i always am thinking along the lines of like what what would look good like you, you know you know how it is you, you're driving around the city like what would look good on this wall right here right um and so i keep a mental database like you do you take a real database of like blank walls that we could we could paint but around the time that the warriors were winning i mean i'm, I'm a warriors fan and we've been we've been losers for decades and <laughs> um and so obviously when they start winning you're taking notice and everyone's excited. And I'm like, and we just thought to ourselves, like, why is there no Warriors murals? Uh, like, right. There should be one. And then I was like, well, we should do one, I guess. So, um, so really what did it was that one building, you know, the, uh, the, the Mac tray, that, that building yeah. there, we just took I, it in. I know our- about it. Tell us, so talk, tell these people about yeah. it. Like I, I know, so um, tell about what it was, what mural, what you decided to do, and how you went about getting that building. Um, so, so I just had a thought of that building, and I was driving around Oakland, and I frequently – I just drive through cities. I might take a day off and just drive through cities and look for walls, and I might – not necessarily to bomb them, but I might go talk to owners to, right. to, to figure something out. Um, and so I had been doing that. And I seen the gardener. It was just this old broken down building. It had been probably a, a crack den for a minute. Like it was just, you can tell people were living in there and, and there was like graffiti everywhere on that building. And it was, right. you know, it was kind of an eyesore, um, not cause of the graffiti, but it was just in its location. There was nothing, there was trash everywhere. Right. Um, and so, like, I was driving by there and I seen the gardener, and he was out there, and I was like, hey, what's up? Can we paint this? He's like, well, I don't know. There's, the owner doesn't live anywhere near here. I mean, you guys probably could come back tomorrow. And so I came <laughs> wow. back tomorrow, came back tomorrow, and but it was all locked up, and he was like, right. he was just, uh, he was like, just, just cut the lock. I mean, you'll be fine. Like, no one's, no one, no wow. one cares, cares about this building. So, uh, so yeah, so we... You brought our. Luckily, I brought my cut, cut lock cutters just in case, and we, <laughs> just in we, case, I just we, my bolt cutters. Got the bolt cutters, and we went and painted it, 
and it was like it was cool experience because it just grew into this this huge organic thing that that linked with the parade so what right. some people don't know is that that we painted that during game three of the finals in like i think it was 2016 or 17 and like the next day in the next game curry did the this face so the mural was of oh wow the mac mac dre you know his his persona with curry's face right know, doing three and with the this face and so um we have he did it multiple times in the game and i was just like whoa that's that's crazy but um we we ended up and still that did that just put us on the map and it right. was like it wasn't for like two more years that the warriors actually called us right and they, they were like <laughs> right hey you guys, you guys we should do something and then and then it kind of just snowballed from there right um, so some of the projects we got out of Curry, you know, Curry came to us. He specifically requested us through his people is what we told, what we were told is that, you know, he, when he did his pop-up shop, we did all the graphics in there, all the murals in there, all the right. window changes. Um, we did the, his shoe release backdrop for, uh, some of that. And then a handful of schools. So he goes out and rebuild schools you know like kind of rebuilds the gym or something he's done that probably right. a dozen times so we we were involved with uh i think you guys were too a few right yeah the bush the one in Bushrod. yeah, yeah you guys had us come out and do that um so that was an example of just like you know we got lucky you know you could say we got lucky but we've been we've been on the grind like this forever so right it's like we made our own luck in a way Right. Preparation, skill, and timing. So, but, so here's always the point. So I've been, you know, I've, I've been on the business side of every art I've been on. I kind of come in on the business side first and then work my way around. And a lot of artists, whether they're rappers, DJs, or visual artists, have an issue with doing anything for free. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you guys did that for free, right? Right. Right. So tell me the benefits of of doing that for free because a lot of times people assume that if you're doing it for free, someone's taking advantage of you. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the classic, that's the classic thing. So, so here's my thought is you either do it for free or you do it at full price. Um, right. now you do things for free if they're for charity, if they're like, if you can see them as a charity, um, so no one asked us to do that. Like if the Warriors had asked us to do it for free, um, we'd be like, no, well, no, nah, well, here's what it's going to cost. Uh, right. Now there's a fine line to that because if you're just starting up, you do want to get, you know, that's the thing is that big brands take advantage of people. And of course we've done things for free for big brands and we got burned and they're always like, oh, it's for the exposure. You know, you hear that a lot. Um, you really have to weigh, for me, it's like you, you have to weigh. So there's a lot of benefits to working with people besides money, right? right. There's tons. And so you have to, we try to think about all these things that how can a relationship be beneficial? Okay. Exposure obviously is one of them. And there are legitimate people who can give you the right exposure. Um, 
but not only that, there's barter and trade. Um, there's, there's link, there's having them like link you to other people. Um, if, if you think there's a benefit there. So I think that it's a process everyone learns of how to not do things for free. But I right. think everyone falls into that trap in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say, you know, you got to quantify because as, as we're independent business owners, right? We're, if we're independent artists, we're independent business owners. It's our own business. Um, every business has to account for some kind of marketing. And most businesses pay for marketing. Right. So what, what I think of is like the way I can pay for marketing is sweat capital. Like, for example, you guys did that and you put your Instagram handle up. And that dubs thing became synonymous with town pride. And it was all over the Warriors pregame visuals and everybody saw it. And I can only imagine how much work came from that. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. But it seems like, you know, what you're saying and you can, you can clarify is Determining if you should do something for free or not should obviously not be in the hands of the company trying to hire you. It should be something that's proactively we decide because we decided benefits us beyond just this. And a lot, I'll do the same thing. I, I'll take less upfront if I know I can build long-term with them because I want a little bit over a decade versus one big one and be done with them, you know? Right. But, right. So, but, you know, but, yeah. and, and the caveat to that is that if you are going to do it for either cheap or free, um, always remind them of what the value is. So right. for me, I'm like, if I'm going to invoice them, even if it's real cheap, I'm still going to put the full value and with a huge discount. So, uh -huh. so cause you, the, the the risk to doing stuff for cheap is because it's it's hard to raise your prices later, right? So right. you have to constantly remind them of the value they're getting versus what they're paying for. Otherwise, later when you raise your prices, they're like, "Hey, I thought you guys were cheap." You know, right? That's game. That's that's an, that's another one to add to the to the pot. Everyone who's been on the show has added something extra, and that's one that we hadn't heard yet. Is that you know invoice them for full, just so that it's always in the they're always aware that the value is here and the reason why you're doing it is these peripheral reasons, but the value is here. Right. 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 So, you know, what was one of the toughest lessons you learned turning your art into a business and navigating that space? Huh? Yeah. The toughest lessons are on the business, like contracts and working, working with friends and relationships are always tough lessons right. um learning how to because a lot of times you get into disagreements and if you don't know how to handle it which i didn't in the beginning you're just like you just want to throw the towel in you know what f you guys right. i'm i'm just i don't want to work with you guys i'm done and right. that's just not the way to do it you you have to learn how to work thing work through things like that and you also have to be proactive in how to prevent things to go bad right and and also you need to be able to spot toxic people and learn how to say no before it gets there so right. the toughest lessons i would say i mean is everyone's everyone's gone through it right you've lo you've lost money people aren't going to pay you for whatever reason 
whether it's they don't like what you did or they're just not going to pay you or they just stop calling you back. (laughs) Right. Um, So the toughest lesson is is it's more important among friends um, because the tendency is when you're working with friends and people you know, you don't write anything down. You're just like, yeah, I'll do that for $1,000. Right. But it's like getting – you know, it's it's learning how to face the most uncomfortable things to talk about early on. Talk about right. money, money immediately. Talk about what you think is going to be a problem immediately. In the past, I you I would push that off because I didn't want to talk about money. I didn't want to talk right. about the uncomfortable stuff. So I'd wait until, you know, the third or fourth meeting. Right. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, about this, you know, and then by the, it's too late. You're already invested. Right, um, right. So to me, it's like getting it, learning how to um, write your con. You don't need a, a, a good contract. You just, you need it written. You need it written down. You need, right. you don't need a lawyer, but you need to have everything written down up front and then have those uncomfortable conversations as soon as possible. Right. That's my. So how do you go about pricing murals? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, and by the way, just shout out to, to my team. Like, I didn't learn. This is all stuff we learned. Um, I'm the only one on here, but, I, you know, this is stuff we all learned together. Um, so pricing art is, is so difficult, and I finally figured it out, like, in the last couple of years. I finally figured it out. So Damn, do tell. Um, <laughs> so, like, the thing about pricing is you have the tendency to price by the hour and that's just the wrong way to do it. Right. So you want to price by, by value to that person. So, so for me, um, it's going to be cheaper for a mom and pop shop than it is for under armor. Right. Right. Um, why, why is that? It's because um, they have, they have more to lose and more to gain. Um, that's that's one reason is Under Armour has way more to gain and way more to lose on something. They're going to make way more money off of my work than a mom right. and pops is. So right. therefore, the value to them is way higher. So I should be charging them 10 times more than what I charge for mom and pops shop. Right. Um, so how do you have that conversation? Um this is what we picked up along the way is to make pricing a conversation and not an ultimatum. So in the past, people would say like, you know, how much is this? And then you kind of, you ask them some questions and you come up with a proposal and then you just hope that they accept it. You know, you're going right. to put down and then you're always wrestling like, okay, is it going to be like 5,000? Is it 3,000? Are they going to say no at 2,000? Like, and you're right. gauging it, right? And so <laughs> right. then you just you submit this proposal to them, and then they might say yes. And then if they say yes right off the bat, you probably left money on the table. And if they say right. no, <laughs> and then if they right. say no, you're like, damn, they said yes too quick. I said I charge more. <laughs> and then if they say, you know, if they say no, then you lost it, right? So right. Um, what I learned from gathering talking to friends and over experience and watching YouTube videos was um, to make it a conversation. So how I do it is like I, th- I use, we use the bracketing technique, like a range. 
um, and we, we throw out a range and, and, um, but before we do that, um, the mindset is different. Like, so I go into a talk with somebody and I'm not like there to be like, I want this mural, uh, like, let's get this mural. Like to me, it's, I'm reversing it. I'm like, why do you deserve to have an Illuminaries mural? Right. Um, and kind of interviewing them on, are you a good person to work with? Like, why would we want to work right. with you? Um, right. And that, that gives off the, um, and then I ask a ton of questions, you know, I'm asking a ton of questions about their business and who they are and why do you think you need a mural? Right. Um, and so I'm trying to dissect what their problem is at, from a business pers perspective. When, when you start talking their language in business terms, they realize that you're not, you're not just some artist that right. wants to get a mural job. You're a problem solver for what they're trying to do. So I'm like, why do you want a mural here? Like right. this, what you have here is fine, right? Like convince me why you need a mural. It's like, right, well, right. we need a mural because no one notices us. Right. Okay, so your your root problem is no one notices you. Right. So let's figure out, okay, so so I'm trying to diagnose why they need something. And 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 so like the first of all to set the the relationship in a different um space the space isn't me selling you it's let's right. sit on the same side of the table and figure out what your problem is and right. so i'm going to ask him at least 10 maybe 20 questions and right. and also when you're asking all those questions you can get an idea how much money they make and so you're right. going to be like well while we're talking about your business you know what is your business like how many of those do you sell a month you know who's right. your customer um how often do your customers come back and buy from you how much is the average product that you sell? And so I'm right. asking these questions to learn about them, but really it's to learn about how much money, how much, how much money do they make and what is the value of this mural to them? Right. Um, so that's kind of the conversation. And then when we get to pricing, I really do it in person. I don't, I don't like to email them. Like I used to do that. Like, this is how much it costs. I text them. Right. I want a real time reaction. It's going to be on the phone or it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be in person. And then, right. and then you throw out a ballpark. You're like, okay, the cost for this is going to be, and then think of like the biggest number you can think of. And then right. the smallest, the smallest number that you might, might do it for. So, I'm trying to do like a, it's like a net, right? It's like a huge net. Like, right. I don't want to, I don't want to disqualify myself, but I'm going to, usually when someone wants to know price, they want to, they want to know first, like, can I afford you? Like, are you in the ballpark? Right, That's what right. they want to know. They don't want to know a, a dead price. They want, are you in my ballpark? And so I'm throwing out something huge and I'm like, and I preface it with like, dude, there's, there's a, a ton of ways we can go with this. We can, do super detailed work or we can do something right. real quick and fast. And right. so I'm not going to give you a price until I'm going to give you this big wide net. Right. And then usually, wow. usually they're, they're like, they're going to, they're going to be like, Oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. And, or they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, that's kind of, that's kind of expensive. And so right. those reactions give you 
the idea of like where where you're where you're at. Right. And from there, and you crazy. Can, yeah. Yeah. I'll add to that while you're talking about that. So you said you prefer to do it in person, which which says you are confident in yourself, in your value, in that, which a lot of artists, you know, including me, several times where um, a lot of us will want to do email because we don't want them to see our face because we may be nervous or insecure. So just by doing that, I just want you to know that, like, there's a level of confidence that you guys have that is inspiring that we should have. Dude, like we should believe in our art enough to go into that, you know? Yeah. I mean, so how do you do it now? Do you do it over email uh, or? Every way. <laughs> yeah. But what, I have a similar method. I, what I want to do is I learned the hard way. You never want to be the first person to throw out a number if you don't have to. So what yes. I try to do is I go, you know, I'm excited. I let them know that I'm, I'm interested and I'm excited and I appreciate them. And I go, okay. So tell me your idea. I want them to, I want them to tell mm. me their elaborate, oh man, we would like this, and then we want dolphin flow, and then we want the dolphins blowing bubbles, and the bubbles is the letters of our brand. And I want them to get so elaborate because what they're doing is they're selling themselves on this vision and they're getting emotionally attached to it. Right. And then I go, when they're all exhausted, I'm going to ask a few more questions, then I'll go, cool. So, you know, how much... How much have you budgeted for this? And then they have to argue with themselves because there's no mm. way they can just uh, say so you, they you, want you all get of this. To, you get them to blow up this big dream. Yeah. Right, okay. But and it's then, like tennis. Because, but, but they because, don't usually say it, though. So how do you force it out of them? They always, they well, always like, you know. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like I look at it like tennis. So they go, man, we want a mural. How much is it going to cost us? I'm like, man, well, what's your idea? They're like, you know, I don't know, something kind of, you know, colorful. And I'm like, well, what colors are you looking at? And then we just keep going back and forth. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to not be the first one to throw out a number. Right. So I'm like, yeah. man, tell me about your vision. And then that's where yeah. you, what you're talking about is like, well, why do you want a mural? What do yeah. you do? What, what does it mean to you? And I'm trying to get them to emotionally um, spill the beans because – if they've come to you for a mural or they're interested in a mural, there's something inside of them emotional that they're excited about. There's something about the murals they've seen, whether it's yours or ours, um, that got them excited. Right. I, wanna, I want them to bring that out because when they bring that out, it's really hard for them to lowball themselves. Yes. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah so so, to, but, address yeah, the, so. The, to address the confidence thing, you know, I was, that's how I was up until maybe a couple of years ago. Like, I'm so scared to, like, say the number in front of them because I'm like, because then you have to be like, you have to own it. You got to be like, this is what I'm worth. And it's, it's hard to do that in person because right. then it's like, what if they challenge you? You know, what if, what right. if they like, what if they like, what are you talking about? You, you, you think you can, you know, how are you going to charge that much? You know, so. So if I'm not ready, if, I, if I'm not – so going into the conversation, I have – I write down a note card. Like, um, it took me a long time to work up to that. But I'm going to write down kind of the bullet points and write down that number. Because that, you kind of already know. We already know kind of what we want for the size right. of a thing. And so I'm, I write those numbers down. 
and if I'm not, if I'm not confident in person, if I don't think I'm ready in person, then I might do it later, but it's definitely on the phone. It's not right. an email or right. text. And then right. when I'm on the phone, then I have notes I can look at and I can be like, you know, it's happened though. Like I'll, I'll write down the number and I'll be like, and right when it comes time to say it, I shortchange myself and I, and I drop the number down. Right. You, you know? You're negotiating with yourself before yeah. you even say it. Yeah. It's hard to not do that. Um, definitely. I mean, I, what I've tried to do is, is remind myself, I don't need this job. Right. I have to, even if I think I may need this job, I have to tell myself there's other work out there. I don't need this. So we can agree to disagree. Like we don't, I don't have to take this job. This time to shed the light on the stories untold. This podcast is old. We speak the truth. Each one teach one is the good power you. Who cool? One step beyond the host. Director of the vibe with a gang of jokes. Tune in.